Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the feast day of Saints John Fisher and Thomas More. Let us pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who in martyrdom have brought true faith to its highest expression, graciously grant that strengthened through the intercession of Saints John Fisher and Thomas More, we may confirm by the witness of our life the faith we profess with our lips. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the second book of the Kings. The king of Assyria invaded the whole country, and coming to Samaria, laid siege to it for three years. In the ninth year of Hosea, the king of Assyria captured Samaria, and deported the Israelites to Assyria. He settled them in Hala, on the Habor, a river of Gozan, and in the cities of the Medes. This happened because the Israelites had sinned against the Lord their God, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt, out of the grip of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. They worshipped other gods. They followed the practices of the nations that the Lord had dispossessed for them. And yet, through all the prophets and all the seers, the Lord had given Israel and Judah this warning. Turn from your wicked ways and keep my commandments and my laws, in accordance with the entire law I had laid down for your fathers, and delivered to them through my servants the prophets. But they would not listen. They were more stubborn than their ancestors, who had no faith in the Lord their God. They despised his laws, and the covenant he had made with their ancestors, and the warnings he had given them. For this the Lord was enraged with Israel, and thrust them away from him. There was none left but the tribe of Judah only. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Help us with your right hand, O Lord, and answer us. Help us with your right hand, O Lord, and answer us. O God, you have rejected us and broken us. You have been angry. Come back to us. Help us with your right hand, O Lord, and answer us. You have made the earthquake, torn it open. Repair what is shattered for its ways. You have inflicted hardships on your people, 
and made us drink a wine that dazed us. Help us with your right hand, O Lord, and answer us. Will you utterly reject us, O God, and no longer march with our armies? Give us help against the foe, for the help of man is vain. Help us with your right hand, O Lord, and answer us. Alleluia, alleluia. The word of God is living and active. It probes the thoughts and motives of our heart. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Because the judgments you give are the judgments you will get. And the amount you measure out is the amount you will be given. Why do you observe the splinter in your brother's eye and never notice the plank in your own? How dare you say to your brother, let me take the splinter out of your eye, when all the time there is a plank in your own? Hypocrite! Take the plank out of your own eye first, and then you will see clearly enough to take the splinter out of your brother's eye. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I find that there's something rather strange going on in our culture. On the one hand, there's a very strong strand that says you need to be non-judgmental. You can't impose your values on anyone else, and you need to have at least a tacit, if not a vocal approval of the choices that other people make. And then on the other hand, we've got this virulent kind of cancel culture that, you know, you step out of line of what's considered publicly acceptable you need to be taken down and your memory needs to be absolutely erased. It doesn't really matter when the infraction happened. It could be yesterday or 10 years ago or 50 years ago. If it doesn't fit our present sensibilities, then you've got to be gone. It seems that we're very judgmental in our non-judgmentalism. It seems to me that it's all a bit confused. So, you know, I think there's probably merit in going back to the Sermon on the Mount and, and seeing what Jesus actually has to say about this fact. Do not judge and you'll not be judged. Is Jesus really saying, look, there is no right and wrong. All there is is preference. So you can't stand in judgment of each other's preferences. You know, I think when you read this in context of the entire Sermon on the Mount, there's no way that Jesus is suggesting that there's no such thing as right and wrong. If that were the case and there were only opinions and preferences, then there are no planks or splinters not to remove from anyone else's eyes and certainly not to remove from your own. Jesus' criticism of hypocrisy would completely collapse. So clearly Jesus isn't saying here that don't judge because you can't know right or wrong. Neither is he saying, well, you've just got to play dumb. You know, pretend like you don't know right or wrong. And, and that's why it's important not to be judgmental. So that, you know, when you do encounter wrong, that you don't go, oh, well, yes, it's wrong, but, but I really shouldn't point it out. Because Jesus does it all the time. He, he really sticks it to scribes and Pharisees, and especially for their hypocrisy. No, there is good and evil, and there is right and wrong. And, and God has given us a mind in order to be able to 
discern in order to be able to pursue the good and to avoid the evil. And, you know, we can see that other people do that in in better and worse fashions. And, and, you know, we can certainly look at the worst tyrants of history and go, well, that was pretty bad. You probably shouldn't have done that. But while we can look at the externals of someone's actions and and measure them pretty well in terms of, of good and evil, there is an interiority that is beyond our simple observation. I can't know the depth of someone's heart out of which they act. And and I think here we've we've got to be a little bit humble then. Perhaps someone who, who did something terrible was operating under some false information and, and would have done it differently had they known. Maybe someone did something bad thinking that that would justify the good purpose which they were seeking to bring about. Maybe someone was operating out of great pain or psychological hurt or mental illness. There's an externality to our actions which is obvious and observable and, and you can kind of go, yep, that's good, that's, that's bad. You, but there's an interiority that's, that's beyond our simple observation. And I think here the Lord Jesus actually opens up a space for us to be able to say, okay, we, we don't abandon good and evil. We, we, we have an obligation to pursue the good and to avoid the evil. But we don't have the option simply to accept those that we deem to be good and to shun those that in our estimation are evil. There remains a kind of openness to the other, even though they might be a transgressor, because the Lord Jesus invites us to know the complexity and to examine our own hearts, to grow familiar with the planks in our own eyes, to know our own weaknesses. So I think Jesus isn't saying, look, you've just got to play dumb and pretend like there's no good and evil and that all actions are all kind of on a level playing field and there's no way of evaluating one that's better than the other. But at the same time, I think the Lord Jesus is also inviting us to be humble in our estimation of other people's actions because there's something very deep and unobservable about what someone's motivations are, their heart, because we know the complexity of our own. And so while we may be in the midst of transgressors, and, and while we may be able to point to their actions and go, well, look, that's, that's not really the way to go, at the same time, we can't participate in the extremes of this cancel culture, which would seek to reduce someone to the mere externality of their actions. We can't just label someone evil because of what they've done, because my judgment cannot extend all the way to the depth of their heart. I'm making an assumption about something which I do not know. And if I know the planks in my own eye, if I know the complexity of my own motivations and my history and my heart, how can I cancel someone for their actions?
Now, it's not to say that there aren't problems. It's not to say that there isn't good and evil. But it would be sheer hypocrisy for me to use my judgment to drag someone else down in order to elevate me. Let me leave you with a story about uh, the great Catholic author G.K. Chesterton. The story goes that uh, the Times in London sent out an inquiry to uh, some famous authors with the question, what's wrong with the world today? And the story goes that Chesterton responded with this letter, Dear Sir, I am. Yours, G.K. Chesterton. I like that. It's certainly, it's certainly exercising judgment over the one thing that G.K. Chesterton could know, which was himself. There's plenty wrong with the world. But like Jesus, we need to remain open to the possibility of repentance and conversion, not just for ourselves, but for others as well. Because the judgments that I give will be the judgment that I get. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross 
to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father. Amen.